Okay, so we'll talk about Peter Pan really quick. So my mom brought it up. Like, the more I just think about it, like, I love... Uh, growing up, my favorite Disney movie was The Jungle Book. Like, and so I haven't rewatched that one yet. I'm going through, like, a little season where I'm trying to rewatch them and then, like, think about them afterwards. Well, you're picking a good season because they do live action now, so you can rewatch yeah. it live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the... Oh, they haven't done a Peter Pan one yet. Well, they've done a bunch of weird... Oh, they need to redo another... But anyways, the... So watching the cartoon though, like the more I think about it, the more because you brought up that fact like Peter Pan syndrome, like you have these grown men that can't stop living as a child, and then that's when whenever you first told me that, I it kind of made me sad a little bit because I was like, I love Peter Pan, like what's wrong with you? <laughs> Peter Pan, yeah, yeah. But then when I rewatched the cartoon, like at the very beginning of the movie, the, it says that the mom, like Wendy, has this whole Peter Pan thing, but the mom thought that Peter Pan was just the spirit of youth, and so then you take this whole aspect. Like, the more I think about the movie, it's just incredible. Because, like, if Neverland is, like, every every single person has, like, Neverland with, inside them. Like, to look at it this, in this perspective. And every single person has Peter Pan and Captain Hook inside them. And they have to deal with that struggle. And you need both of them to balance out. Yeah. Because it's, like, you watch Peter Pan, and it's, like, so there's a spirit of youth, which is great. It's totally adventurous. Like, open, it's free, it flies around, all this stuff, like, can do all these limit, limitless things because it's just the spirit of youth. You got, like, kind of no limits. Yeah. So that, but then, like, he flirts with every girl in the movie. <laughs> like, you know, and then he doesn't care about the Lost Boys, really. He's yeah. totally self-centered and focused. Like, his whole building ends up burning down because, you know, and so, because he's, he's totally irresponsible. Yeah. And so, but then you have Captain Hook. I'm still, like trying to process him in my mind think about him too because he's a pirate first of all but he's kind of like he's the adult and he's trying to kill the spirit of youth in yeah. a sense but it's like he needs to be there because like you see all the bad sides to Peter Pan but then Captain Hook he's totally afraid of time like the whole movie's kind of about time mm-hmm. and so he's totally afraid of time like and I didn't see that until I that's what made me want to rewatch him was when I was I heard Jordan Peterson mention it one time that Dude, that he's afraid of the crocodile and the crocodile's ticking like a clock so he's afraid of time yeah like he's afraid of the end of his time coming to an end so it's like you have to have that balance inside yourself like the spirit of youth battling with this like yeah because the, yeah. there's it could be like fearing time is also like a sense of purpose in a sense like mm-hmm. almost like yeah you have a destiny you have a homework assignment you have to get it done before yeah, the due date exactly. and you die but it appears like it just wants to play in recess all day yeah you know? yeah yeah Peter yeah. Pan has no concept of time yeah because he lives in Neverland he never grows up and, it, it and so he's no irresponsible con- and he has no concept of like progression either like wanting to like build a house or something like that like he doesn't mm-hmm. want to build anything yeah, yeah. he just yeah. wants to run around and play yeah and like he's he doesn't like have that motherly aspect that Wendy brings in and she wants actually like these lost boys she's actually going to nurture them yeah. and bring, bring bring a mother to them that they need <laughs> I don't know it's just the whole movie's crazy the more I think about it like it's man it's like yeah it's <laughs> nuts but then at the same time like you have to have the Captain Hook aspect where like you do fear time yeah. since you have to have a fear of time so you can get things done like you said and actually mm-hmm. but you can't be so afraid of it that like I don't know yeah it's gonna that's really cool it's really neat I'd love to get into more of those though yeah another one I rewatched was Bambi we don't have to go into that now but I kind of like that one too interesting it's fun because there's not much dialogue so it's like 
I don't know, it's just yeah. kind of interesting rewatching. Hi, I'm Thumper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's fun rewatching. Well, people I call like, me Thumper. I feel like the best way I found out, like, to watch him now is, like, if I watch him and I'm trying to think about him, I'll think about him too much. So it's like I need to just watch him, enjoy him, yeah. and then think about him later. And right. Like, okay, is there some weird symbolism in this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, one that, one that really gets me is Happy Feet. Happy Feet's like the darkest, most evil yeah. movie in existence. It's the most. Why. Tell me why. Because I haven't seen that, so I, I don't even rode, remember it. I rode on a bus to DC for like a national prayer event full of college students, and they played Happy Feet on the TV screen. Yeah. And everybody's watching it. And I'm like, am I the only one that sees how dark and evil this movie is? What is why is it dark? Okay, and evil? so. Okay, I don't even know the, the movie, really. The beginning of Happy Feet, there's all of these. Penguins. There's like the whole world of penguins, yeah. and then there's the like the elders of the penguins, and then there's like the overseer of the penguins. Yeah, it's a, like a church of God kind of structure, you know, like the religious assembly. And so the elder, the overseer of the penguins, Happy Feet, is his son, right? And so, and then Happy Feet, he he has this idea that maybe what's causing the fish to die isn't this, but it's that, because it's it's the people. The, the, the humans are the reason there's less fish, but they believe some other religious reason is the reason there's less fish, and so, but it's really because of the, the humans. And so Happy Feet, he believes it's something else, right? And so, but they have this religious thing, and Happy Feet keeps on trying to rebel against the religion to go pursue science to find out what the truth is, right? And so uh, okay. his dad totally responds with all these religious type of, uh, approaches in life and everything and everything about the dad reflects this this general overseer yeah. type of version of Christianity and Happy Feet's rebelling against that to the point his dad totally abandons him and, and is a bad father kicks him out so then he leaves and then he goes on this journey to try to find the truth of why there's no more fish for us why there's yeah. less fish for yeah. us to eat than what we need so then he goes on this journey to find totally rejected by all of the the religious establishment of the penguins and goes over here well then he finds this other kind of penguin and he's the black gospel preach he's the prosperity preacher okay you you cannot deny i want to rewatch no this one, movie i don't even no remember one can deny the, the clear parallel of of uh i think it's called a loveless or something like that no one can can deny that he's a parallel of the black preacher. Everybody lines up and they bring a pebble in their mouth and you have to give the preacher a pebble to add to his mound of pebbles in order for him to tell you like like, like a prophecy. And okay. he, he talks like T.D. Jakes or whatever. He talks like the oh. black the black prosperity like teacher type, type of thing, yeah. you know? And yeah. there's like an organ playing in the background and stuff. And then he's, he's like, ha. Ah. Ah, this yeah. and then the like, God is speaking yeah. to me, yeah. and it's like everything about okay, it is charismatic. And so then, then Happy Feet comes to this version of Christianity, and you see the ulterior motives of, br- of bringing the pebble, yeah. and then he has a uh, a six pack stuck around his neck, and he's like he's been anointed with the divine six pack or whatever. Okay, you know? yeah, and okay. stuff. And then uh, all the, and it's a real mess. And the Happy Feet just asked him some straightforward questions. He doesn't have answers, so he just leaves and goes sleeps with all the women and stuff, you know. And then Happy Feet then goes on his journey of science to try to figure out what's actually going on, why there's less fish. And so Happy Feet's the only... So it's science versus the church, and both elements, the, the religious 
overseer element of Christianity and the gospel preacher with with bad ulterior motives element of Christianity both are proven wrong and resisted by Happy Feet having a deeper wisdom to go find science and be who he really is and stuff. uh, But would you say that it's bad in that sense because like okay first of all I just want to say this like so it's not as offensive there are plenty of white preachers that, that is, there, like, oh yeah, yeah there's yeah, white yeah. prosperity sorry I know what you mean that's I a good point oh my god so there's yeah. just as many white not yeah, just yeah. as many but there's probably equal number probably yeah, half of your but it's more well known half, half of your word of faith yeah. preachers yeah and more broadly yeah. broadly known yeah, to the like black. have the thank you for pointing that out yeah, yes yeah, I agree because yeah. <laughs> you had like who is it you were just is it Teal Lowry was kind of like no I'm thinking of someone else that was like really he sounded, he sounded like a... No, T.E. Jakes is black. Yeah. Thinking of a, a white preacher that was mm-hmm. really like... I can't remember who it is now. I think it's... But more, he sounded like... If you didn't yeah. if you didn't see him, you would think... Yeah, so he sounded I, black. And like the general... I, I should the say... The general ur- mindset is... I get yeah. what you're saying. I, I should yeah. say an urban style would probably be better because... Mm-hmm. Urban, yeah, yeah. The urban style is like you, you, you play an organ in the background yeah, the yeah. whole time and the person shouting, is preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know exactly. And so, like, your level of emotional investment is your level of spiritual maturity and yeah. regarding how it's expressed I, in that sermon. Yeah. So, I think, like, I, I think everybody knows, like, everybody kind of has a, that, that knows what you're talking about and that's it. But is that bad? Because you said the movie's so dark, but at the same time, you yourself, like, and me both, also, like, I'm not for the bring the preacher a pebble and yeah. get your prophecy. Like, that's that's totally corrupt. So it is good to kind of rebel against that in a way. Right. But well, then, I mean, it just, it's... It, but it, you're it, saying it's dark because does the movie throw si- it all out? Well, it's pro-science, yeah. anti-theism. Somebody writing that anti-theism. movie had okay, some what. deep offense with yeah, church. Yeah. But no, you're right. I'm, I'm opposed to both those structures anyway, yeah, so yeah. it's not really a big loss. But, so it's kind of like... like in the aspect that that movie could be good and could be redeemable, it's kind of like he's seeking truth. Yeah. But he's seeking it. The where it's bad is and dark is because he's seeking it through anti-theism, like Ben Avenue or something, right? Yeah. Well, just know. yeah, like the way it represents, it basically yeah. is representative of. The, it's almost like it's to make children rebellious against church or whatever. Yeah. And the thing about saying. Peter Pan that's interesting yeah. is Hook almost is like an adult father figure, and he's like a kid. You know, and um, the what's interesting is like almost all of your TV shows with your children's shows, there's no parental presence. Yeah. And if there is, it's seen in a bad light. Yeah. And there's this whole or it's a joke. Yeah. Something. Yeah. 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 And so there's this whole new movement amongst kids shows that are very, very much so rebellious against parents. Yeah. 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 You know, and I, I don't think that's on accident. Yeah. So I see what you're saying in that it's it, yeah, it's weird. It subtly sows these bad seeds in people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. the amount of psychology and philosophy that this woven in, in the children's material is is undeniable. Yeah. Just we, we we just don't yeah look but at it deep the enough. The thing was you know? a Happy Feet story. Like I like I said, I haven't seen the movie. I saw it once so long ago, and I don't remember anything about it. But like, just from what you're telling me, like the one thing that seems like where where it would be good is that he's actually. <laughs> Seeing the corruption yeah. in, re- like, religion or, tri- I don't know what you call that. Sometimes I don't like using the word religion. Most, because when I first came back, like, was coming back to God, I used that term and didn't realize it was a bad term in the yeah. church. 
where it's just like what, what the rituals, I guess, or mm-hmm. the way things are structured. So he sees the corruption in that. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that's bad because there's something mm-hmm. not right there. So he's drawn to something else. Yeah. So I don't know, but then you're saying it's bad because it subtly sows these seeds that like all there is no there is no God basically. Yeah. Like everything can be boiled down to materialism and science or something. I, I forget what the the older penguins were all believing something yeah. was the reason. Being. Yeah, yeah. Some some sort of higher being was the reason for less fish or more fish or something. Yeah. Okay. But really it was saying. the science of So the whole overall just, message is like you guys are loopy. Yeah. You believe in this. It's mm. it's all science. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I might have to rewatch that one then, man. Yeah, it's uh, that's fun. But I think one of the coolest Christian examples is over the hedge. Yeah. So over the hedge, there's this log, and it's full of a diverse amount of creatures. Then it's like the church of the log, and then there's this turtle, and he's like the pastor. Of the 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 law the church of the law and so everybody looks to pastor this turtle and the turtle he has this thing where if something's wrong his tail will wiggle (laughs) so when the turtle's tail wiggles he knows oh something's not right my tail wiggled here something's not right so he's leading the whole church of the log according to if his tail wiggles or not yeah because uh, that's like the, the the conviction of the holy spirit well then comes this raccoon and the raccoon's like the false prophet so he comes in to like pull the church of the log away from following the turtle but the turtle his tail wiggles he's like no we don't this this raccoon isn't trustworthy but all the animals are like oh no we're gonna follow the raccoon whatever so the raccoon comes and he steals all the food from the church of the log to give it to the bear that's just fun and that's so, fun because it's a know? raccoon too like he's in beef and the knife yeah. wearing a mask like I, yeah. I know, all the symbolism of it's just fun <laughs> exactly yeah. and so he steals all of it to give it to the bear but really the bear has him in, in a type of bondage you know yeah. when when he has to give it to the bear because he's in that type of bondage but throughout the course of it the raccoon is turned by the love of the church of the log and then the raccoon in the end wants to join the church Boy, of the log that's so fun. you're actually redeeming the false prophet into the church but the turtle's still the pastor and there's this little squirrel and this beautiful slow motion scene that's one of the coolest move parts of any cartoon because uh, the squirrel moved around so fast yeah. that in order for him to portray the squirrel perspective everything else was in slow motion so the squirrel could run around and that's do what funny. he was doing that's cool and, uh, I mean, I've never seen a cool that movie. I want to watch it now that's really cool, cool. I was riding another bus this time full of old people ironically coming back from D.C. for a different prayer yeah. meeting and we were riding and we watched this Christian movie that was so Calvinist and so defeated and it was just disgusting and then we watched Over the Hedge and I got up no, we watched Over the Hedge first, and then we watched the Christian movie. And that, after that stupid Christian movie, I got up, and I just preached to the whole bus. <laughs> I go, let me just say that the Christian message in the cartoon we watched first is way better than yeah. the Christian message in the so-called Christian movie. Because yeah, yeah. this thing was full of all this junk, and this thing was full of all this truth, and this compromise and truth. Yeah. And, uh, and these little old women, they're, they're cheering me on. They're waving their Kleenexes. Yeah. They're like, preach, preach. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, let me tell you something. I just... <laughs> that's fun, man. That's fun. Yeah, but, uh, I wonder, yeah, that's like, funny. It's interesting. I wonder if they do those things intentionally. Like the people that made Over the Hedge. Like, I wonder if right. that was all intentional. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, I feel like it's just natural things God put inside us to like, mm-hmm. they just, to just tell a good story. And then it has so much parables yeah. and symbolism underneath when their people aren't even trying. Right. I'm like, 
Sometimes I watch movies and I'm like, how could they be that intentional I know. to make this so profound? But I'm like, like, I don't know if it is. It's weird. Like with Dr. Seuss, he's dead now, but his wife swears that Horton Hears a Who is not about abortion, but it's so deeply about abortion, you know? I, I need to rewatch that oh one too. Oh my gosh, Horton Hears a Who. So Horton Hears a Who, in the beginning, there's this elephant. He yeah, has these big ears, and he can hear these little creatures on this flower. But nobody else can hear the creatures but him. And he says, a person's okay. a person no matter how small. And then all the other creatures want to squish the flower and kill Whoville and kill the people. I could, because they, they don't recognize that a person's a person no matter how small. I mean, come yeah, on, it's the most pro-life message you no, can yeah. ask for. I, I completely, like, see, I would think that he would write that not, not intentionally being about abortion. But being about just like the little person, the poor, oppressed, the like trying to yeah yeah. But the fact that you tied it into abortion, that's incredible. Like I wouldn't have thought to do that. Like I would because I think in my mind I'd be like, oh yeah, the don't like devalue someone, something yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and that maybe that wasn't. But the fact that man, that's crazy. I never thought about that and the aspect of abortion. Well, that one's cool. Now, that's cool. All the uh, to me, it's like prophetic, like super prophetic. Yeah. And maybe he didn't see the depth of the prophecy, which even makes it more deep. Yeah. But um, there. But then you have okay, so like that, like he didn't see it. That's what I mean about it being unintentional. And then you have you're on that church bus, and they watch a Christian movie where they were intentional. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's like just write a good story. Yes. And it'll speak. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so. Oh man, I get a real advocate after this. It's like. It's, freaking christian movies man okay so christian <laughs> movies it's like a birthday cake we can be sitting here and you know 20 yards away can be a birthday cake sitting on a table like the other side of the restaurant and we can sit from here look over there and be like that's a birthday cake on that on yeah. top of that too i can tell from here yeah and we walk away because you see all the fancy icing on the birthday cake yeah and that's what happens with christian movies is everybody yeah. knows it's a christian movie so, like, so if they're turned off by christianity they don't come so it's, yeah. it's christians watching christian movies yeah which is cool like war room i think was a great example of a christian movie written for christians to go deeper yeah that's yeah. cool but yeah still though christians making christian movies and so people don't watch them right but you know what the other people do which i think is wiser be wise as a serpent harvests as a dove the serpent wisdom that other people have is they take a movie that appears to be a normal movie yeah and they take their ideology and they plan it deep into the normal movie it's like having a cake where the icing is between the layers of the cake yeah. so from afar it looks like a cake and then when you bite into it then you eat the icing in the it, it, but so the birthday cake, you you know what icing you're getting before you touch the thing, but in a carnal cake, it looks like cake, and you eat that, and, and you don't know there's icing there until you eat it, because it's between the layers. Yeah, yeah. And what's really sad is when you dive into the birthday cake, when you get past the surfacey stuff, there's really not that much icing in the layers. It's there's not there. it's not Christian ideology going deep. It's yeah. only surface, like yeah. like that stupid Christian movie we watch on the bus. But this one though, so like okay. Uh, like Divergent and um, Hunger Games. Yeah. Like um, a, a clear example would be uh, Ellipsium or whatever. There's a lot of movies where there's deep ideology in that thing, and everybody's digesting it because they don't know what they're getting. Yeah. I we used to give. Some of it's bad, like you said. Yeah, it's really bad. Feet, it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's in these cartoons, and it's in the, oh the. 
and it's it's being done so deep. But we as Christians, we're not doing the opposite. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. writing Christian yeah. movies with Christian principles that are mm. actually woven deep into the movie. Yeah, we're just doing this this surfacey level yeah, stuff, yeah. and it turns the world off. But honestly, yeah. it turns off the body of Christ. The, the body of Christ is speaking against movies just as bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's know? a lack of like I think humility in the in the church overall uh-huh. to really make a good movie because everybody yeah. has their preconceived notions about like like Calvinism right mm-hmm. we would argue that's bad because yeah. you're taking the extreme sovereignty of God into a ditch basically the yeah. extreme mm-hmm. sovereignty where like but then you can go the other way and then there's no sovereignty of God right. and so it's like but some people are so against Calvinism mm-hmm. that they like that nothing's sovereign anymore yeah. and so it's like there's Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then they'd be against something. I don't know. So you feel like you can't really get to like the depths. Like you're saying, you can make a Christian movie, but you can't get into anything deep because right. you have no. You're not open-minded to anything in yeah. a sense. Which yeah. is really sad. I like um. There are good Christian movies though, and that I did like. I mean, The Passion. I think it's good. Yeah, that one's just really it wasn't even done by a Christian dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, he's yeah, Christian, yeah. Well, but like yeah. he's I know what you mean. Deeply yeah. compromised, but you know, <laughs> yeah. how sad is it though that yeah. he's the only one that can really get the story across yeah, yeah. to the level it needs yeah, to be? Yeah. And he did it in a genius way. Like I love how, like you watch other Christian Jesus portrayals and they skip important parts of the story, or you mm-hmm. watch the Noah or the other or the Moses oh, yeah. portrayals and they skip important parts of the story, and you just want to throw rocks at the screen. Yeah. But what he did was he started. With the passion, he started with the end of the story, and he did flashbacks. Yeah. So by doing flashbacks, you can strategically not skip parts of the story, but you can cherry pick cool parts of the story to all weave into it. Yeah. And the passion, and the way it was real, I mean, the passion of the Christ yeah. deeply impacted the world. Yeah, yeah, that was I mean, really that thing good. was so fruitful. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I like how you said it came from a guy who was, what, like, yeah, I don't right? know. It's, yeah, because yeah, it wasn't plenty of his own problems. And that's one thing, yeah. too. Like, I feel like you can't really, you cannot get, mm-hmm. you cannot accurately portray the gospel of Christ unless you're a sinner. And you come with that mindset. Oh, that's like, challenging. Because you have to, you have to come to Christ as a sinner. You can't come yeah. to him with any self-righteousness. And so if you take that mindset as like, let's portray the passion of the Christ mm-hmm. as like, Here's the here's the man dying for all my sins. Yeah. All the sins of like yeah, he's dying for all sin. Let's accurately portray that. Right. Like, and it's just powerful. If that's your one agenda. Yeah, and I think that's another thing, is just call it one agenda. Yeah. That's that's an answer, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what were you saying? Uh, the passion the the one agenda thing I think is key. Which you okay, said. yeah. Yeah, because they came to the Passion of Christ with one agenda, to spread like one message. Yeah. And things, my friend made a movie that was a one message movie. Yeah. And then he shared it with his dad, and his dad was was like, I don't know, They he filmed this intro for the movie, and the intro is him sitting down with his dad, and his dad like gives this whole little message, and it threw off the message because it was like a two message movie okay. and it, and yeah, it yeah. lost its yeah, yeah. I don't know it's like you gotta go if you're gonna go deep you need to go in one direction and one know? yeah that kind of is a little bit off subject go back but like because I mentioned it was last weekend Melissa was talking about which this man this would be really cool if we could actually set this up somehow she was talking about it was a vision she had maybe it's been two years now I don't know 
about wanting to set up like kind of a, a worship thing in the park to have all the churches kind of get together and just worship in like the middle of Cleveland. But I it brought up like a one agenda thing because I just said, oh, I feel like what gets the whole church to come together, I don't know why, it just stands out to me so big is that is the anointing at Bethany when Mary takes the, I think it's that psalm that says how sweet it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. It's like precious oil running down the head of Aaron, running down his beard. And when she anoints Jesus, that then, you know, she pours the oil over his head, wipes his feet with her hair and stuff like that. And there are people getting upset at her. And she just, like, he says that. He says, this gospel, you know, mm. or this message will be preached. Like, that story about her will be preached wherever this gospel is, like, preached. Basically, but that one thing of just, it's like every denomination, the one thing we can agree to do is just not to come to worship, to receive, not to come to a healing service, none of this, just to exalt Christ. Yeah. Just to pour the oil on his head. Like it's like, it's that one thing, because Jesus says, she did this for my body for burial. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, just taking like every each word, it's like, yeah. like he's the head, we're the body. Like she did this for my body. Like you pour the oil on the head of Christ and it goes down to the body and we're all in unity in that one thing. Let's just exalt Jesus. Like one agenda sort of yeah. thing. Anyway, sorry, that was a little off topic. But um, the back to movies too, because I just want to like get your, I know another one you really like that I'll go into in a second. But another good Christian one I thought was good and it's kind of weird. I don't know if you saw it, was um, Ben-Hur. I saw the, well, the newer one. I haven't seen the old one in so long. It's kind of a weird... I don't know that it's it's got a Christian message. Right. Would you call it a Christian movie? I don't remember Ben Hur. I almost watched Ben Hur recently, and I watched you something watch else instead. It. It's what's one thing I think I have it. I actually have yeah, it. Yeah. One thing I think is fun about it is like I think it's the only movie I've seen where Jesus is like a side character. Like you see him, and he's like walking by, and it's like, oh, there's Jesus, and it's like, like he's an extra in the movie. It's like, I don't know, but it's my mom pointed out, it's like a story about like um, forgiveness and redemption, yeah. and so it's it's a really good movie, and I feel like that one's could be kind of thrown in the Christian category. Yeah. But the one I wanted to ask you about is Three Hundred, because that's yeah, talking about yes. a secular movie. That's oh like, my gosh! It's, I know that. So you my like life was my life was deeply impacted by Three Hundred. I uh, I was a part of the ramp. Yeah. And. Um, had this vision at a ramp service of Gideon and his 300 men. Yeah. And they were gathered on the 300, and there were like 300 of us in the ramp service, and I just totally had this whole vision, this, this open vision of, of this is like, like what's happening now is like that Gideon story. And then uh, Rick Pino got on the piano, he started playing, he's like, I hear the trumpets, I hear the trumpets. And then Dutch Sheets hits the stage first words out of his mouth are turning your Bible to Judges chapter 6 and he read Judges 6 and Judges 7 so he, Dutch Sheets read the exact story that I was envisioning wow. and it was the story Judges 7 300 men yeah. um, and how they won this possible war and then I was in a Bible study later and this girl at the Bible study was like there's a movie that's coming out that's exactly what you're talking about you have to see this movie whatever well at the ramp we don't watch R-rated movies and I did not dogmatically don't watch R-rated movies, right? Yeah. And so, um, but I find out that this movie's coming out about 300. Yeah. Research it a little bit, and it's a true story about 300 men who won an impossible war, just yeah. like what happened with, with, with Gideon. Yeah. True story well, happened in, in the 300, they didn't win. Oh, they, 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 they do win everyone's eyes. Well, well, that's great. 
Well, they delayed. They delayed yeah, the advancement they of yeah. the foreign army that they turned back and returned later. Yeah, that's true. So they and, brought about the yeah. victory. Ultimately. And so by delaying that advancement, yeah, it gave the rest the time to prepare to be ready for the victory. Yeah. So in a sense, they were the winning element. Yeah. Um, and so, but it's this R-rated movie, right? Yeah. yeah then so. what happened? So, I'm, but I knew I was supposed to see it, but it's already, so I'm conflicted. So I'm sitting at church, right? And I was working on some project or something, and the pastor rolls up, him and his wife and this other guy, and they're hanging out. It's like a Saturday afternoon. I'm working on my little project, and uh, and then they're hanging out. They're like, "Hey, Mike, what's going on with you?" So we sit, we're talking, whatever. And his wife's like, "Hey, I want to go. Can we go?" And he's like, "Oh, just take the car, and I'll ask Mike to." Give me a ride home later. And he's like, okay. So the wife leaves with the car. And so now Pastor and his buddy and me are are at the church and I'm the ride home, right? And then like, hey, what should we do? Hey, let's all go see a movie. Like, oh, okay, what movie do I see? Oh, let's yeah. go to the movie theater. So so long story yeah. short, my pastor, my pastor drags me to the movie theater to see this R-rated movie, That's 300. Funny. And I'm sitting there and I had to go to the bathroom so bad during part of it and then the scene came up and I'm like I can tell this is going to be a sex scene so I got up ran out went to the bathroom came back sat down oh, yeah. okay. and it turned out to I be like the, turned out to be like the raunchiest sex scene ever I didn't see yeah, any yeah. of it yeah because yeah. I went to the bathroom yeah. during that part you know and so anyway I, the, the, and, and there were like two scenes that were bad but outside yeah. of that really heavy movie well I advocate the movie to other people and people come back and be like do you know how raunchy that sex scene was? I was like, no. I was in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. don't advocate to other people. Oh, but okay. It, it, it really spoke yeah. to me, though. Yeah. 300's like the manliest man movie ever made. It's this, like, yeah. this uh, 300 men who's, who fought one, who fought this battle to, to the death and had this, like, but they, they all fought in, in, in unity, you know, and even the king was right there fighting by their side, you know? Yeah. And, um... When I got yeah. out of that, when I got out of that movie theater, I had to go to church and pray. So I heard, heard him drop the passion and his buddy off, and I just went to church. And I just started walking laps around, just praying at times, like just, yeah. like I just really this warrior side of me just rising up, you know. Yeah, and it yeah. really speaks to that. Yeah. Yeah, and there's something about like no compromise. There are yeah. deep, deep character lessons in that of no no compromise. Yeah. Um. I saw a documentary movie. It's wasn't doc- a true story movie um, called Molly's Game, and it's about poker. And this woman did this like high stakes poker game in in Los Angeles. And so you're like, oh, woman high stakes poker game in Los Angeles. This is gonna be raunchy. Yeah. And it turned out to have so much Christian character in it. Yeah. Because she really stood. What was in this a char- again? She took a character stance. It's called Molly's Game. Okay, I haven't even heard of that. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah. it's interesting. It's weird how you can you can do that though and get like. Yeah, we find can... more character in these other movies yeah. than you do in Christian movies. Yeah, right? and it's yeah, because especially if like you said like you go and pray afterwards or like actually yeah, you're or when you're watching it, you're talking to the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. stuff and like trying get because even that that show um, Game of Thrones like towards the last like season was just absolutely miserable when they started writing you know so like but like there's so much nudity in that like so bad but so like you can't like, yes, push it like yeah like, I haven't like, seen Game of Thrones but I'm a part of like 20% of the American population that, that hasn't seen Game of oh, Thrones it might even be less ridiculous. than that yeah yeah and then, but that's what I'm saying like I wouldn't I wouldn't tell people hey go see it but like I've watched I watched mm-hmm. them all and that's something I don't really personally struggle with, struggle with though. Right. Is like, yeah, 
God delivered me from that. I used to struggle real bad with pornography, so like, then when He delivered me, like I, I yeah. could see that stuff and it just doesn't bother me anymore. Right. But at the same time, like, there's so many weird, like, little, like I would watch it and then like, it was like God would point out something to me later. There was mm-hmm. just like, it's kind of interesting when you watch it. You have like these people called the Greyjoys, and so they're like. Like seriously, if you watch it, man, you're like, those are the Baptists. Like their thing is like, <laughs> like literally, their thing is, what is dead may never die. And so how they, how a guy, how a man, like they have their kids, their sons or whatever. Then when they're full grown, how they know if, whether they're a man or not is they take him out, they hold him underwater till he drowns. Then if he wakes back up, then he's like, then he's he's fine, he's alive. So it's like baptism. They just hold him under till he <laughs> dies to himself, pull him out. What is dead may never die. And then you have this other part where like. It's like the seven. They worship the seven. And I'm like, that could be like, kind of like Catholicism. Yeah. And you pray to all these different saints. Like, they're praying to all these different things. It's like, I don't know. There's all these weird little <laughs> undertones and stuff. But That's then there's, cool. just, there's just like, I don't know. There's some cool stuff. Too. One thing that always stood out to me, too, though, is like, at the very, I think it's the first season, mm-hmm. there's the king. And he's talking about, like, he just said something. And I think it's so, it's every time, like, ever since, like, I, he said it I just kind of picture the church and all the different denominations and he's like he go, he's asking a question he's like so which one is greater one or five and the guy's like five and he just holds up his hand and he's like one and he's like when everybody's in unity it forms a fist and he takes all his yeah. he's like when you have the five fingers all spread out everything's like fragile yeah when y'all I don't know I was just like man that's so good oh, right. that's what I mean it's just I like these weird little you. weird little things in like all these secular movies that are like so everybody cool. preaches out of the Lord of the Rings and the Matrix. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. the Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, the Matrix. Is oh, like, oh, you remember like the divine healing part in in, in the Lord of the Rings in this part two, where the guy walks in and he uh, there's the king and he's in this like he, the king is covered oh, in gray right. hair and yeah. he's oppressed and he's got the little guy the, the slimy guy yeah, that's running around the, his the little black demon hair whispering yeah. in his ear yeah, yeah, yeah whispering yeah. in his ear and stuff Deliverance. and then he walks in and they try to take <laughs> the wizard's stick he's like you want to deprive an old man of his walking stick now would you yeah, that's like, fine and so he walks in and they're like his staff get his staff and then cast lights out that like bing and then he cast out the demon and yeah, stuff that's crazy uh, the, the, the messages that's in that fun. are clear clear deliverance yeah, yeah. and when he's had so many dreams about reliving when he stands against that demon and he's like you shall not pass oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I've seen that same demon in my dreams really? that looks exactly the same face and everything and I like wage war against it and I win and it's like so cool, cool. And, but I don't know I don't know if that's a pre-existing dream pre-existing demon that 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 he painted or if I got the imagery of that demon yeah. from watching the Lord of the Rings I don't know which one came first yeah. you know? what's really strange like same thing here like I don't know yeah this is, this is gonna oh. sound weird because it may be because I watched this movie when I was a child and I'm sure Natalie mm. did too but like there's a demon that showed up in my dreams twice and I know it was a demon because the first time I got like oppressed and I actually had somebody like Colby Jenkins actually like saw in the spirit realm and saw a demon over my shoulder yeah but I I, for some reason, my mind always connects the two when I had this dream. And then, because there was this old lady and she leaped on top of me. And then I woke up out of the dream terrified. And ever since then, I went down this long, like, year of depression and just, yeah. it was miserable until got, I got delivered. But, so, like, this may be a movie you could rewatch if you haven't read Snow White. Right? No way. And so, like, I just rewatched it. I still don't even know what to There's think about it. There's an old lady with I'm the like, apple? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to show you the picture. <laughs> I had it on my phone. Because I, like, I saw her later, and I was like, 
it like when I first bought my house, yeah. I woke. I was waking up out of dream, so it was like I was actually awake. Uh-huh. I was literally awake, and her face was right here. And then I sat up, and I just went through her face, and she disappeared. But like, and then Natalie, I described her to Natalie. Natalie's like, I've seen that same lady in my dreams. She's terrifying. And then yeah. I just recently watched Snow White, and I sent this picture to Natalie. I was like. Is this her? And she was like, yes, that's her. And I'm like, this is so creepy. It's the creepy witch lady from Snow White when she turns all old. And I'm like, that's yeah. what she looked like. But this yeah. but in my first dream, she was wearing a red cloak and like she just leaped down a flight oh. of stairs and landed on top of me. And then that's when I like went down this horrible year of depression. It was miserable, but like yeah, it's weird. So I know what you mean. I'm like, yeah. did kind of that imagery come from some sort right, of like as a child the other but then the at the same yeah. time it was like I mean that was something that really affected me in life yeah. like obviously that was a real thing so I'm like yeah. I don't know or did that imagery come from this real right. spiritual being that yeah, is out exactly. there in and, people's dreams and did me watching the Lord of the Rings open up a door for me to see that demon or not I don't know but, it, yeah, or but was for that, me like I was spiritually trained so when I saw it I kind of got this fight in my teeth and I actually enjoyed having a boxing opponent I just went after it kind yeah. of thing you you know, said, yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. this warrior type of thing and it's hard to know where to draw those lines because you know we watch the matrix and we see all the parallels of like faith is the substance oh, of things yeah. not seen, I you know, it. and about I how like I the spiritual realm. The faith film. Yeah, and, like, my sisters are laughing because they still haven't seen it. And I'm like, I say that to Melissa all the time, and she thinks it's funny. I'm like, it's the great faith film. It is. Like, watch it. Right. It's, yeah. So many parallels. Oh yeah, it's so good. But yeah. what's hard for me is I've so you know the Lord of the Rings, um, Matrix. the Matrix, Star Wars. Okay, all yeah, all yeah. three of the, those three trilogies came out in the first part of the 2000, like 2000, 2010, whatever. Yeah. And all three of them, I think part of what draws us is the ultimate story. All three of them have the same storyline. The idea is there's this overwhelming force of evil. Yeah. That is going to overtake and destroy the earth, and then there's this remnant of good that is smaller, but is going to resist the force of evil to save the earth. And within the remnant of good is a messiah, and the messiah is going to lead the remnant of good to win the battle against the force of evil. So in Star Wars, you got like Luke Skywalker, he's like the, the messiah going to lead the good. And in the Matrix, you have yeah. the um, Neo, yeah, yeah. but he leaves. So they both have their, their, their little remnant of people, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah, then, yeah. and it's the same movie. It's the same yeah, movie. Through, cool. It's the same storyline. Yeah. So because they parallel Christ is why there's something really deep that draws us into them. Yeah, yeah. Because it is. It, it's, it's a Messiah story against an overwhelming force of evil especially small the matrix, of yeah, good, yeah. but it's not just the one it's it's the little it's the team yeah yeah well, that, that are surrounding and, and star wars yeah, yeah they kind of have this prophecy yeah the, the prophecy yeah. the team yeah yeah and then and then they got the hobbit you know with within the the lord of the rings yeah, leading I, I the little need group to watch those like i've been yeah. t- keep telling melissa melissa loves those movies and i'm like you need to rewatch those like, because we started to rewatch them, and then everybody was falling asleep, so we turned it off. But I just love the fact, too, in Lord of the Rings that, like, that the only one that can be entrusted with this ultimate ring of power is, like, the smallest and most humble creature. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really fascinating. That's right? such a cool... Yeah, yeah. And so, the, uh, so there's that. So here's where it gets hard, is, 
you know, it's just there's R-rated movies woven in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's sex scenes woven in that. Um, you know, 300 and all that stuff. Yeah. Knowing how to draw the line because now, in this, now what happens is then Twilight comes out and people watch Twilight and I. I haven't seen Twilight, yeah. but I've seen enough of it and known enough of the storyline. Yeah. Twilight is evil, dark, yeah. evil yeah. from the core. There, 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 there are real vampires and real werewolves in the earth right now that were humans and and still are humans, but are adopting this evil. I've I've met a vampire before that drank blood oh, like yeah, for a year yeah. and stuff. But yeah. he could have. You reach a level of witchcraft promotion where you actually can become a werewolf or become a vampire and stuff and so first so of all it's, it's, it's advertising it's advertising well you grow like it's really painful you grow like six inches taller yes. and this weird thing happens with your legs and stuff wait and are he you serious? yeah yeah he described like physically all, yeah you know. physically and he described all of it um but the uh well the the vampire you get like the teeth thing there's the things that show up in your physical makeup when you get that evil but it, it doesn't happen on accident. You have to purposefully engage in unspeakable ritualistic things to get that far. It okay. includes like blood sacrifices and murder, and the, it's no, dark, I, I dark, super dark stuff. I testimony about that he got involved in witchcraft. I was listening to testimony. He yeah. said stuff that you wouldn't think still happens. I mean, he said they go, they go grab like animals, steal mm. people's animals, and go out on a certain night and just kill the animals. Yeah, just, like yeah, literal blood sacrifices that are happening. Yeah, yeah, and, today, and yeah. so. This witchcraft stuff is being totally idolized and brought up, you know? Yeah. And the gateway drug for the Twilight generation is Harry Potter. And it's the same idolizing of the same I haven't kind of seen like, you any know. Of those, yeah, 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 I haven't either because I boycott this stuff because it's evil. But so what would happen? So we see the good in Lord in Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Matrix and stuff. And Matrix is debatable because you, you can pull other religions out of yeah. the Matrix if you want oh, yeah. to. But so how do we draw that line because Harry Potter and Twilight because I've seen people take Twilight and try to turn Edward into like a Jesus figure and try oh, to yeah. somehow like re- repackage Twilight those movies are just like stuff. a joke to and, me, and I'm like I'm like oh my gosh if you're, it's like if you're gonna do something bad just do it like yeah. you know like I'll go and eat ice cream at McDonald's but I don't defend ice cream at McDonald's as though it's somehow making me a healthier <laughs> human being yeah, yeah. I'm eating the ice cream because I'm a flesh creature yeah. and I just enjoy a uh, worthless creature. ice cream cone yeah. but don't defend it yeah, and yeah. make it good don't defend Twilight and make it good or redeemable yeah, yeah. you know don't don't yeah. defend Harry Potter just be a flaky flesh creature yeah. but um, it's hard, but it's almost hypocritical because we're finding messages in the Lord of the Rings and, and yeah, I like that you said and, it's almost hypocritical. Is and there anything? It's like so finding that line of how you how do you separate redeemable cinema from non-redeemable yeah. cinema, or is there such a does the line even exist? Yeah, I don't know because like I know people that can't even handle those movies you know they're too dark for them oh yeah 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 and everybody's different too. some people can handle horror movies i cannot watch oh horror no movies horror, at all, horror movies are like to me I, okay. to, horror movies are doorways and for spiritual stuff to come in your house man yeah my cousin asked me this question about horror movies and what i thought about them um she's studying psychology it's lily's old, older sister actually mm-hmm. cassie and she she asked me and i did not know how to respond like i felt totally unprepared because there is a um, I guess where I was hesitant is because like I you know Sean Bowles whatever uh, he's a prophet guy you know who I'm talking about or 
Yeah, he's the guy who's yeah. really sure. He can like quote like like phone numbers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he lives out in L.A. And so he's got a totally different perspective. Like I would have probably said horror movies are 100% bad all the time. But then he's like, well, some people like can glean things from them and some people like them and I like he and so I like I was like maybe I haven't thought this through all the way so when she asked me I was kind of like I'm not sure like I think ultimately the underlying message is you're trying to sow fear into someone yeah so I think that's bad always mm-hmm. but then I'm like I don't I don't necessarily know with all like I, that's what I when she was asking me I was like I'm trying to think through all these yeah. movies that would be classified as horror if there is anything good like I was trying to think of somewhere like okay right. this Some one might be good. good and I don't know that there is like right. it's hard to I don't know uh, so that's one that kind of like throws me off a little bit because I don't right. know if there is a good one because there's probably maybe one under that category that might be good somewhere right. but I don't know right I have no idea I can't think of any offhand. But I know what you mean, though. Like, it's... Yeah, you don't want to be hypocritical. And with Harry Potter, I, I don't even know it. Like, I've tried to watch them so many times. To my credit, please, please, people listening. Everybody loves Harry Potter for some reason. I've tried. And all I, every single time, I'm like, it's just a kid sitting in school. I was like... <laughs> I don't want to watch a kid sitting in school. I was like, I didn't like school as a child. Why do I want to watch some of this? <laughs> right? But I, I don't know. I don't, so I can't even really comment on that because yeah. I don't know what the story is. Like, do you think there's anything redeemable in that? Or yeah, I think I think of, it's propaganda for, for, for darkness. You know, it is okay. Yeah. yeah um, because I don't even know the whole. And and you gotta. You know, maybe there's a good storyline there. I mean, I'll confess my worst back... I probably shouldn't confess this. Uh, okay, well, my worst kind of TV backside in recent years was this series called The Magicians. I and it was it. just good writing, and I just really enjoyed the writing and enjoyed the yeah the, all the elements of it, but it was straight-up propaganda for witchcraft, you know? Yeah. And, just, and it's in a yeah. darker form than yeah, yeah. Harry Potter, you know? Yeah, yeah. But Harry Potter, Harry Potter's almost like the gateway drug for... You know, Twilight or the Magicians or whatever, but it's um, it. I think all of it needs to be thrown out. It all needs to be boycotted. It's all evil. You're opening mm-hmm. up doors. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. And I, I, I recognize yeah. my magician series season as backsliding, but yeah. for some, maybe it's more backsliding for some than for others. Yeah. Like I watched a a, a fight movie where. It's almost like a Karate Kid kind of movie where kid gets bullied in the beginning and then he learns how to fight so he can beat up the bully in the end. Yeah. And I wa- and I watch it with this uh, young eighteen year old kid and but he all of a sudden he was like really mad at everybody and stuff. It's like it surfaced huh. something in. Yeah. And and so I don't know maybe that's a hard thing to sort through. Yeah, it I, is. I, I'm just processing. I don't even really have the answer to be yeah, honest. Yeah, same here. I'm processing yeah. right now too. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I'm. Yeah, like we're both literally thinking out loud right now. Yeah, because it is tough. Because it's like you don't. There's yeah, like even with, because like even going back to Happy Feet, it's like, mm. well, there's some good side to it in a sense, but the overall message of it is sowing like a bad seed of like yeah. there's no there's no higher being. But at the same time, like the other part, like you said, is like well, you're against this, you know, like the against the bring the pebble to the preacher type thing so yeah. it's like there's something wrong with that so it's like there is a little bit good in the mm-hmm. movie to see but then the overall message is not not right for people to just ingest without knowing it yeah 
So maybe it's not so bad if people actually let, sit down and think about what they're actually ingesting <laughs> right. into their mind and then, and then weigh it out. Because like you said, some things may be bad for some people and mm-hmm. not as bad for others. But Right, yeah. But then if you keep on arguing a point like that, at what point are you defending porn? You yeah, know, like, oh yeah. Or yeah. so I was like, oh, I just enjoy the. What, what would you enjoy? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> so I, I see what you're saying. You know? But yeah, yeah, but there's not. And so because you're opening the door, like you said, you're opening yeah. the door. Then how far does it get pushed open? Right. Yeah. Like uh, some things just close the door on. My, I remember we used to collect comic books, and there were these comic books that came out in uh, back when, and my friend was collecting them. But they were like it was like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, but comic book yeah so it was like women drawn in super seductive ways but there were cartoons and drawings and yeah like, oh, i appreciate the artwork and i yeah. appreciate oh, this and yeah, it's like what's that with that it's like people yeah. going to hooters like oh i like the wings it's like yeah sure you do dude i get good wings i, I was in the over. i was into cars like a lot like car stereos and hydraulics and lowriders and yeah. lowrider magazine always had like the cool looking lowrider but always had the girl with it yeah and my mom would be like no you can't watch it and my mom just such a great mom she took my lowrider magazine and she took these stickers and she put stickers the small stickers over the women <laughs> over their like you know their 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 their, their like swimsuit lines or whatever she put stickers over the women in those key parts yeah and she flipped she took the diligence to go through my whole lowrider magazine and do that That's so funny. that i could have like a, a censored lowrider magazine censored. i remember i was in I was in study I, I had like a study hall punishment thing at Saturday school so I'm sitting there and being punished for my tardies and, and reading through my magazines and I threw it over to my buddy and he's reading through it I look over at him and he's picking the sticker off oh my goodness <laughs> that's hilarious and it's just that uh, but yeah so how do you yeah I, I, don't, I don't know I don't know how to I don't have an answer I don't, I don't know how to filter that yeah yeah I don't know it is fun though and it is just like it's it's so intriguing too that you have these through secular movies you have such a almost a better message and it's like it, what's intriguing to me is like yeah. I don't know if that's intentional because it's like like with the Matrix like was that really written intentionally right, like, I don't think there? it was I don't think it was a Christian wrote the movie to like <laughs> to have it speak that way but yeah so I don't know it's it's very weird and then oh here's one thing that's really strange to me is like just I don't. I don't even know how. This is like kind of totally different topic. I don't even know how she'll go down it. But I heard Jordan Peterson mention it one time. Is talking about like let's well, so just take the internet as an example. Like what's redeemable about the internet? Like it's like well now it's a great way to. It's a tool. It could be a good tool to preach the gospel. Yeah. Like even with TV, it's like you could watch TV. You could watch the worst thing, or you could watch something good. You could watch like a teaching message or whatever. Yeah. So, but just he said this. I never thought about it before. Is he said, and then, I don't know. If, how accurate he is when he made this statement but he said what when the internet first come out like what actually drove and supported it was pornography yeah and it's like that pornography I consider it one of the worst things ever mm-hmm. but I'm like but now the internet's there and now you can use right. it for the gospel and it's like like it's just a weird thought like God was like okay I'll allow this for just a short while right. and How then we're gonna yeah. I don't know I have no idea but I'm like, it's just a weird thought to me that I never thought about before. But. Well, like, I used to throw a fit, like, back in the youth pastor days of, like, Snapchat. Yeah. Like, oh, all these yeah. youth are getting into oh. Snapchat. Yeah, that's And, like, 
it's so obvious why Snapchat was created yeah. and what the foundation is sexting, and purpose of Snapchat. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. sexting app. And now we're like, oh, we're, we're redeeming it for the gospel. So you have like youth groups advertising their Snapchat tag or whatever. So you can, oh, everybody's talking on the Snapchat thing. Everybody throwing yeah. stuff around. And it's like... <laughs> I don't. I don't see Snapchat as a redeemable thing. I think everybody needs to boycott Snapchat. Yeah, just close the door on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, Facebook's redeemable. Instagram's redeemable. Yeah. Not Snapchat. But and that's a some, that's some, a sharp line to draw. Like, how do you? I yeah. don't know how much I want to stand behind that because that's such a hard thing to like get an ethical. Yeah. Boundary yeah. with you know. Yeah, and something should have that that clear distinction. Like even, like I mean. This is a whole different topic too. Is that the one I sat down and did that short podcast with, like, no one short with James and John and Natalie? I don't know if you mm-hmm. got to listen to that one yet. Yeah, but abortion came up when we were talking about that, and it's like the the one argument I said where like that is hardest for me with abortion. Like I'm like I'm always no. Like I always think it's bad. I always think it's a self decision. Mm-hmm. Always. And I was like the one thing where the argument that gets thrown back at me where I think it's the hardest to defend it is like, say you have the, the like a wife. It's like actually a family. They're wanting to build a family or something. You have a wife and a husband. She gets pregnant and they say, okay, there's like a 100% chance if you continue in this pregnancy, you're going to die and the child's going to die. You need to terminate right. this pregnancy. And like when that argument gets presented, I'm like, that's where it's kind of tough because it's like uh, like you're you're um because i guess the one where I, I even said it on there i was like i guess the one thing where i'm like you could say as a husband and wife let's make this agreement we'll see this child in heaven right you keep your life i'm like you could almost argue that but i'm like i still think it's a selfish decision because you're not dead yet right and i'm like and you're you're ultimately mm-hmm. kind of playing god in the sense of being like yeah i know the doctor gave me this mm-hmm. i'm believing his report i know what the outcome is going to be let's well it said that i don't know it's just it's one of those things you don't mm-hmm. you can't crack the door open at all there's like, a woman i knew that wanted to be a sorry. mother so bad yeah she wanted so bad and the doctor told her you can't be a mother because you're you have a heart condition yeah and your heart condition you'll die yeah from the process of pregnancy or whatever yeah and uh and so she didn't have a baby long after that. And I think that was just an evil type of diagnosis coming forth yeah. or fear-based or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. And when, um, uh, so I've, I've seen that and I think that's... Uh, I just don't yeah, necessarily I would still side on the fact that you, 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 you still go for it regardless. Cause yeah, yeah. Because you don't open the door to that. Like, I, to me, that's one thing. Like, it's like, don't... I've seen over 100 cases of deathbed cancer defied yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i mean there's so many diagnoses the doctors say that aren't really there yeah i mean they're there but they're you know god is bigger whatever kind of yeah, thing. yeah. you know or that there are some things that are completely misdiagnosed too yeah, yeah. so you, you never know well, we got and the the what medicine can do nowadays you can somebody can go to sleep and have a c-section or something yeah, and wake yeah. up and they hold their baby there's different I think the hardest thing too is like okay so say it is that scenario and you have the wife and the doctor says you're both gonna die if you continue in this pregnancy mm-hmm. and so you have say this is a christian family because there's probably a case of this where this happened and they're like no we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe god that this is gonna be okay 
and the wife and the child actually die. Yeah. It's like, wow, how do you weigh that out? But at the same time, I'm like, I don't think that's, I don't think it justifies abortion at all. Because I'm like, it's one of those things, I think you keep the door shut on. And it's, it's a one in a million, literally one in a million scenario. Like LGBTQ plus people make the, make those arguments, you know, about like the whole the whole. Well, what if somebody's born and they can't even tell this or that, or what if you know, and or what if they're both, you know? Sometimes there's cases of both or whatever, and yeah. it's like, yeah, that happens, but that's such a small percentage. We don't rewrite our entire societal footprint, yeah, for that one percent kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Man, it's like that verse. Don't. Our, you said that our whole whole societal footprint, like, yeah. and the Bible says the Bible I think calls that like, or at least in my New King, uh, the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. Yeah. yeah, you don't throw that out. You don't throw out this. Yeah, like all your past generations mm-hmm. of humanity. Yeah, you don't throw all that away. Right. Yeah. And you because, see oh, that happening in one society. Case. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, how do we love this one guy at, at the expense of billions? You know, that's an extremely dark path to take. Like, on yeah. what gender are you based on how you feel? Right. Because, like, I mean, that's that's really dark. And I because like my mom, I never even thought about this before. And my mom, we were didn't even get into any deep discussion about it at all. But she just. Like, we were talking about something completely different, and she mentioned something about, like, pedophiles mm-hmm. or whatever. And and um, I, 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 I'm not going to go into what we were talking about because it was just kind of like I was saying about just kind of the corruption of society or whatever. But so what if people go down that road with age identification? I'm like, you see how dark this can get? If you yeah. base stuff off of feelings, like, then what does that do to pedophilia? Then right. you could have like a five-year-old kid well, saying, "Well, I feel like an eighteen-year-old. Let me sleep." It's right. like, well, there's the the opposite. There are people that are pedophiles that are trying to get themselves declared as an acceptable child. No, they're trying to get themselves declared as an acceptable sexual identity. So, Whoa. so they're they're pansexual. They're this sexual. They're that sexual. They're homosexual. They're pedophile. But we we love all of them because they were born that way. So they were born yeah, to, to always have an attraction. So, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they say, oh, it's okay to have an attraction and you need to identify for that and publicly dis- disclose that, but just don't act on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that's like, but that's opening up all this door of darkness to a certain level. Yeah. But there's, there's like organized groups that are of, of pedophiles that are like having, they have like lobbyists in Washington and slogans and all they sex before eight you before know, it's too late is actually their yeah, slogan like it's how, deeply how corrupt dark. does this stuff have to get how, like, how yeah. twisted does it have to get and it's like one of those things like okay so if you actually do that and that's your sexual like then you what are you sleeping with children like children mm-hmm. shouldn't be having sex anyway right. so it's like yeah. how is that an argument like, yeah obviously. I don't believe any child under the age of 13 should even be exposed to the existence of those kind of options or those kind of like yeah. I, I didn't even know that exists in the earth and yeah, so yeah. after because you know you say oh well there are boys that don't like girls they're called homosexuals and then you tell that to an eight-year-old boy it's like well i don't like girls girls have cooties because <laughs> like, like, i'm homosexual i didn't like girls know? when i was little either yeah. yeah like what very few boys do yeah yeah uh, you know and so they're like oh we're starting to see this gender dysphoria we're starting to see this totally be clear in these yeah. early, early ages it's like well yeah. you're not even 
a boy doesn't become a man until 13, so quit telling him he's not a man before that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the nature yeah. versus nurture is interesting because they make the argument that societal influence is what's making them act according to their, their gender roles, but in the process, they're creating societal influence that makes them act against their gender roles, uh, you know? And yeah. That's, and that's even more confusion. Yeah. You know? Man, it's really bad. It is bad. Yeah. What we were... When I was mentioning to my mom, though, is what I was talking about in context was kind of the whole um, aspect of, like, where you have Christianity mm-hmm. kind of separating itself from the corruption of the world. And I was like, I feel like the proper place to pray for those sort of things is to see yourself as part of the problem. Like, yeah. when Daniel prayed for Israel, like, he wasn't around for all the corruption in Israel, for the downfall of Israel, but then he was praying, Lord, forgive us of our sins, of yeah. our sins. So to pray properly, like, like show so there is pedophilia in the world that's when that came up and i was like and she was like well you're not like she was like what would you say you're responsible for the pedophile's actions and i'm like yes in a sense you are because even as a christian i've sinned like i've contributed to the downfall of humanity Mm -hmm. in the state that humanity is in right now the darkness that it's in i'm not separate from it right and so it's like i feel like that's the proper place to pray for it is to be like Mm -hmm. lord forgive us like as is it like help us yeah like and to have yourself to where you're not praying like the like the righteous pharisee like jesus said who's like oh look thank god i'm not like the sinner lord (laughs) save that sinner yeah it's like no i'm i'm part of the whole problem in a sense like even though god's redeemed me and jesus christ Mm -hmm. has saved me i'm still i still contributed to the state that humanity is in now so even though there, there are pedophiles out there like well I still contributed to that and that I committed sin and twisted, perverted what was right, in so a sense. My friend has these Calvinism roots, yeah. and he's writing this comic series about a guy that's born to be a bad guy, but he wants to be a good guy. And so he's struggling with all this because he feels his inner bad guy rising up and he knows he's supposed to go do these evil things yeah. even though he really wants to be good yeah and stuff and it's it's just a dark load of crap it's the idea <laughs> of uh and so the born this way concept i think is a good way to sharpen that yeah the idea that you're not you aren't born that way you're yeah. that way because of abuse or exposure uh, you yeah. know and so people thinking that they're born Pre-positioned, predestined, God ordained to be a pedophile. Yeah. Or they're born God ordained to be a, a, a homosexual. Or they're born to be pansexual. The born that way argument is needs to be approached one complete, separate, different way, and it's a blatant lie. Okay. But the other argument is the um, expose or you know it's it's nature versus nurture. The other idea is nurtured that way. So maybe because of a whole bunch of different variables, like the lack of a father figure, um, exposure to porn at a young age, uh, you know, um, just abuse and exposure, you know? Yeah, and these things actually form you and and nurture you. And so the biggest, I would say in a nutshell, the biggest problem that most people in America suffer from is misnurture. That they were born to be something, and they were nurtured to be something else through abuse, exposure, ne- neglect, false doctrine. Uh, the Dead Poet Societies is a movie about a kid that was born to be an actor, and he wanted to be an actor, and deep down within him is this actor desire, but his dad's trying to nurture him into being a, uh, a doctor, and he commits suicide kind of thing, you know? And it's a 
classic de- movie, Deadpool. It has. It has Robin Williams in it. Well, but so it gets really dark. We have children being abused and exposed into these uh, this this type of perversion. Yeah. So, uh, you know? so would you argue there's a balance between the two? Um, I'll be right back. I'm dancing. I'm unpausing. All right. So, uh, what's the time stamp right now? (laughs) I can't have over an hour again. Anyway, so my question was that, like, is there a balance between the nature and the nurture? Because you said, like, yeah, I think so. I I, so I wrote a kids book on it, a cold kids story. Yeah. And it's like uh, the the cure for the common, you know, the the, the common cold, you know. Yeah. And so there's no cure for the common cold, but the the answer is a quarantine. And stuff, and so basically, uh, a little boy has a cold, so he goes to school, and then he sneezes, and all, all of a sudden, all the other kids have a cold, and then they sneeze, and then the whole school has a cold. Yeah. Because they're so. The answer is, the little boy with the cold needs to be quarantined. He needs to stay home from school, and you know, properly. Or you can treat the symptoms until it goes away, or whatever. But there's no cure for it. Or whatever. So anyway, it, it goes away, and so cold goes away. And uh, I believe that we need to understand the, the contagiousness of perversion. Okay. You know? And so, the same way there's the common cold, bullying is a common cold. So, well, yeah, so, yeah. Kids, so you know, so like kids are at home and they're bullied. Yeah. And then they go okay. to school and they're bullied. It's a, it's a really interesting study. Oh. You take the, huh. school, the schoolyard bully, he usually has an, a, like abusive older siblings or abusive father figure or something some there's kids, yeah, yeah kids that are That's bullied become bullies okay right and but the problem is kids that are bullied become bullies and then the bullies then are creating other kids you know it's so just, oh, so it's, it's like the common cold kid has a cold he, he coughs on a, another kid other, now that now other kid has a cold and so you, you, you there's a bullying epidemic that has spread throughout schools where a bullying problem is even worse now than before. Yeah. But the bullying, it, it's it's contagious. Well, the same thing is true with a, a sexual perversion of that. You know, somebody has a sexual perversion problem and then they affect somebody else and they affect somebody else. And you're reproducing after your own kind. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. sowing seed. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. sowing seed. You're sowing and the bullying seed into your children. You're producing another bully. Right, and what's sad is it can also be passed through through video and media, not just through physical okay. abuse in the same person. But you're you're still spreading it, and so yeah. understanding the the need for for quarantine, you know, uh-huh. the need the need for you know like, like like washing your hands. Yeah. Like they did a study of kids were made to wash their hands uh, before and after recess every day. Yeah. And then kids that were made to not to. And the school that made the kids wash their hands before and after recess every day, they had like very little cold, common cold problems with the kids who didn't wash their hands. Like the whole school had like 10 times as many cold problems when all, all other variables were the same. And just proving yeah. that just simply how much is this, hands. Man, how much, you know, like you're talking about how much the sp- spiritual parallels and natural and everything. Yeah, in yeah, sense, yeah, exactly. So quarantine is an answer yeah. for curing the common cold and washing your hands so is an answer. Yeah. Because holiness is just being set apart. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, a cure for those things. I, I always like that. I actually just heard that yesterday too. I was reading Thessalonians and it says, um, he who rejects holiness does not reject man but God. Yeah. For God has given us his Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And does you see that like to reject holiness 
God is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like you're rejecting the Holy Spirit. Like it sounds like mm-hmm. such a harsh verse, but it's like it's totally logical if you think yeah. about it. It's like you you associate with the Holy Spirit through being holy because that's mm-hmm. who He is. Yeah. Like and people think holy is like really hard to grasp. It just means being set apart. Right. Like and you can have you can have like paper and plastic mm-hmm. silverware, or you can have fine china. It's like one's obviously holier than the other. It's yeah. not like there's this pendulum of holiness mm-hmm. where people come to God and they think they can't oh you're holy now or like I've heard that before and it's like yeah. there's a growth in holiness in sanctification like you're talking about that would admit, that might be a better word sanctification like we're yeah. talking about washing your hands mm-hmm. sanctifying like a child washing his hands that's really interesting but I guess my thought too is the nature nurture thing so you would think there is a nature that we're born to be and that's the nature of God maybe well we're or yeah. is it, is it like, is there a balance between the two? Like, ultimately, we are born to be in the image of God. Is that, like, kind of the nature? Well, I like to bring in a third element of, like, the Myers-Briggs kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. So, in other words, a child is born with one... So, let's say on one side of town, two parents have two daughters. One's a cheerleader, one's a book reader. Yeah. And then on the other side, two parents have two daughters. One's a cheerleader, one's a book reader. Yeah. Well, on the first side... The parents say to one sister, on both sides have the same problem. Both yeah. sides, the parents say to one sister, why aren't you like your other sister? Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. And so maybe on this side, uh, the parents are very academic and they say to the cheerleader sister, why aren't you like your other sister? Why don't you get better grades? Why don't you do your homework and read books and stuff? You know. And so then the cheerleader sister, she feels like, why well, she feels worthless, rejected, or whatever. And so, and she tries to, she even tries to be like the other be like her sister and try to be more of a book reader and the parents begin pushing her into the wrong mold and she's always coming short and then and then on the other side of town the parents say to the, the book reader girl why aren't you like your sister and full of more joy and happiness and yeah and stuff and, she, and, and, and so it's like comparing the melancholy to the sanguine yeah you're you're nurturing their individuality i guess yeah. what you're trying to say yeah and, and so i, I understand both, that I both guess. sides I guess where like I see it going bad is because you see that now that people are nur- trying to nurture, like so the child's like, well I feel like a girl, like and it's a boy or something. I feel, and so they're nurturing that. They're like, well let's just nurture him and let him grow up to be and that's a female why, then. And that's and why I say it's desperately important to separate Myers Briggs d- d- differences okay. from uh, I guess from, from from male female differences because. You know, a lot of boys are born with <laughs> with great with, with with great artistic yeah ability. Yeah, yeah. You know, like maybe they're really good at arts. Maybe they have like a, a sensitivity to fashion or paint or something like that. Or yeah, or, or you know, those kids usually have a tendency to become really good musicians, things like that. Be be be, be very creative. You know, well, those are enneagram sides of personality. Those are Myers Briggs sides of personality, but every Enneagram number and every Myers-Briggs number can be a male or a female. See. Right, and so... Yeah. A, a lot of times we, we, we're we not able to properly separate gender from, from personality. That is a weird concept to think. Because I'm trying to think about that too. Like, if even in the Enneagrams, if someone is kind of nurtured into their Enneagram or if they're just right. naturally born that way. Mm-hmm. Because... I even thinking about Caitlin, my niece, like her and Ava, there's like a lot of opposite, like different opposites. But so I don't really know if someone is nurtured into that. And what do you think? Are they nurtured or are they kind of born? 
a certain way. I think you're. I think when somebody's born a certain way, they're born a certain nature, okay. and then they have nurture that is in alignment with their nature. Then where they're being pushed, it's like a high school student choosing the right major to do in college. Okay. So yeah. when who you are lines up with. When, yeah. you, when your nature lines up with your nurture, then that's the clearest path to success. It's a shortcut, twice as much confidence with that. But a lot of times they don't line up where the nature um, yeah. is different from the nurture. Yeah, yeah. And then in that case, I think the best that's therapy it. is to go back and re-nurture yeah. to agree with the nature because sometimes I feel like in society now we're kind of trying to nurture the wrong things yeah and that's why I guess I feel like it can get twisted that right yeah 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 so exactly. I don't know yeah well, we're not trying to nurture nature we're trying to nurture perversion yeah you know okay, and, yeah, and yeah. trying to make excuse for I see what you're saying yeah, you know, yeah. the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the saying. pride of life those are three different things that you know you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are things we—they're there. Yeah, you can't yeah. deny that they're there, but those aren't things. We and we're, we're pushing multiple. those into people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah. We can we can end this here, I guess. It's kind of. How weird. long do we, we go that time? It's like an hour and twelve minutes right now. We're at. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll stop. Um, it. Yeah, it's weird how we go. We start off with one thing, then go into a whole different other thing. It's hard to sometimes it's hard to stay on topic though. With anyways, oh. I have a plan for that. I think we'll be good. Yeah. I want to sit down and make up all these cards of the different subjects, yeah. and then scramble them around and shuffle them and kind of brainstorm and create an outlet and 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 like a really big outlet, like the thing I the one box and the three boxes and the yeah, three yeah, boxes. Yeah. Three. If we can come up with that, then we can go through and flush it out in a way where. Yeah. Purposefully stopping. It's hard to do like structured things with you because we start talking about something. Yeah, it it just opens up all these other doors. And anyway, yeah. So it's hard to like get things very precise into into teachings where it is just easier conversation. Anyways, I guess what I think would be cool is establishing a, a vocabulary. Yeah. So what if every sermon was two or three minutes long, but it was just establishing a a word. Yeah, you know, be, like the the lens of hierarchy can yeah. be a word, and we stop, we do a whole thing, and then we establish that's the lens of hierarchy. Yeah, you know? puzzle theory. Yeah, is there? That's what puzzle theory is. You know what yeah. I mean? And then later you drop five words that yeah. we've predefined in order to make a point, yeah. and, and that can keep the clip shorter. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> so we have our. I can end this now, and then so we've got our work cut out for us. I guess to do this.